It started at age seven. My mom would creak open the door to my small bedroom at the end of the hall and stare in disbelief at the disaster I had made in my room. Your future roommate is going to despise you if you don't pick up your stuff, she would tell me. If you don't start doing your dishes when you get to college, your dorm is going to smell of mold. What are you going to do with your laundry when you go to college? Run around campus naked? What started as an attempt to get me to do my chores became a terrorizing fear, which was fully confirmed when my mom spoke these words after I confronted her with my lack of dusting knowledge. I failed as a mother. As a student about to leave home for the first time, that's not at all a comforting statement. But hey, if she still doesn't know what she's doing, maybe I don't have to know what I'm doing either. I'm McKenna Cook, and I like peanut butter toast in the morning, cat TikToks, and shouting huzzah at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival. I'm Maggie Rearman, and I like tennis, hanging out with friends, and singing along to punchy songs in the car. I am Carla Bonilla, and I like spending time with my sister, pupusas, which is a traditional Salvadorian dish, and traveling. Welcome to the Modern Story Podcast, episode number seven. Today, we're telling stories about adulting. Thanks for sharing that opening story, McKenna. I think we can all relate to that feeling of not knowing what we're doing in a world where everyone wears that facade that presents them as perfectly put together. I believe most college students definitely can relate with that opening story. Thank you, McKenna. Whoa, words coming to real life, huh? Let's get started with Maggie Rearman and her story called I Know Everything Except for What I'm Doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how I can be dead tired at 7.45 p.m., yet wide awake when I'm laying in bed trying to fall asleep at 2.15 a.m. It probably has something to do with the boringness of my homework at 7.45 and the fact that I stress myself out at 2.15 by thinking, if I fall asleep at this very second, I'll get 6 hours and 14 minutes of sleep. Whatever the reason, it's not the most convenient when I have to get up at 5.55 a.m. to go to my practicum. I don't know how to write a resume. I don't even know how to spell resume. Frankly, I don't want to know how to write a resume, but at the same time, I want a job, so here I am. I don't know how I'm going to be a teacher one day. I love kids and learning and English, but getting up at 5 a.m., listening to your mom jokes and watching angsty, awkward adolescents do TikTok dances all day? I don't know about that, but I guess I only have myself to blame, so I really can't even be mad. I don't know how people go to Target and come back empty-handed. They must have great self-control because, let me tell you, Target is a dangerous place for me. I also don't know how I'm going to afford to even step foot in Target on my teacher's salary. Yikes. Looks like I might have to make marrying rich a reality. (laughs) I don't know how people get married when they're in college. I've dated one boy in my life for like a month and a half. He went to Northwestern, so he told me how beautifully and wonderfully made I was and then cheated on me. He's required to go to chapel every day, so shouldn't he know that's against the Bible? <laughs> anyway, I'm over it. He was some kind of film major, so that really wouldn't work with my whole marrying rich thing anyway. I don't know why I get nervous to raise my hand in class. First of all, I'm an English major, so I can't really or I can really say anything that sounds relatively profound and people will nod their heads in agreement. Second of all, there's like seven people in most of my classes, so if I do say something totally off, then only seven people will judge me. Then again, does it really matter if they judge me anyway? Does that change the fact that I'm tired, broke, and single? Anyway, third of all, not to toot my own horn, but I usually have a pretty dang good answer when I get called on, so I might as well just share it on my own free will. 
I don't know when I pee or why I pee when I laugh too hard, but I do know that it sucks because I've peed my entire pants multiple times. My roommates tell me I'm going to have to wear diapers when I'm pregnant, and I can't even disagree with them. I don't know how to confront someone. When I have an issue with someone, I either complain to other people about it, hold my fangs inside, or drop little hints to them that they are annoying me. Classic Minnesotan, right? I don't know why my roommates and I take drives at night so that we can listen to music and talk. Couldn't we just save money and listen to music and talk in our room? Yep, we could. And we just drive around at loops anyway, so what's really the point? One night, we even scraped the ice off my car for 40 minutes at 11.45 p.m. just to go on a drive. Not very logical, I know, but it's not like I could go to bed anyway. I don't know why my mom tracks me on Find My Friends. Mom, I love you, but that's kind of creepy. And do you really want to watch me drive in circles around Arden Hills for an hour? I don't know what people actually think of me. I don't think I'll ever know this, and I think that's probably a good thing. Wow, Maggie, thank you for sharing that story. That was <laughs> so much. Yeah. I feel a little bit called out, though, because, like, do you have to be an angsty adolescent teen to do TikTok dances? Because that's <laughs> definitely a hobby of mine. Oh, so sorry. No, any <laughs> age, really. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you guys, but the the church that I work at, uh, if you walk in before an hour before... Um, they start on Wednesdays. All of the kids are standing around doing TikTok dances. So if you walk in the background and you know them, you get a little bit more fame. You oh, know? I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tried. Just had one TikTok. It was a draft. It didn't even work. So <laughs> there you go. Oh, well. <laughs> but honestly, I think we all can relate to just not knowing what we're doing because um, we really don't uh, when everyone else seems to think they know what they're doing um and also shout out to northwestern uh there was <laughs> a bit boys. of shade thrown there <laughs> but you know bit, but i think warranted. i can agree with you on the northwestern boys let's just stick to bethel from now on yeah good call, yeah. Good call. yeah all right <laughs> all right here is carla and her story called thank you for flying with shifting airlines There I was grabbing my ticket and passport from Elena, the airline agent. My dad quickly grabbed my carry-on bag, like he was trying to make this process as quick as possible, while my mom held my hand to contemplate the last few minutes together. We started walking to the area where you say your goodbyes to your friends and family, you know. As we got there, all of us were looking away from each other just to avoid that breaking moment. But the time came, we started facing each other, realizing that it was time for me to go. We started that goodbyes, tears were coming down my mom, my mother's cheek and mine as we looked at each other. Saying goodbye to my mom was really the hardest. A few months before we started to actually create a relationship, she was becoming literally my best friend. I know my dad was holding it in. He just hugged me and said, cuidate. Este cambio es para tu propio bien. Te quiero. In English meaning, take care of yourself. This change is for your own good. I love you. I walked away. I realized my parents were staying there and I was the only one flying. Leaving my parents at the door and going through security was really hard. I had a knot in my throat. I was about to cry and my hands were sweating. At that moment, I realized that my life was about to change after crossing the security doors. It kind of felt like it was I was in a dramatic movie, but I wasn't. Everything literally felt so real. 
This story is about the changes that turned my life around. My 15-year-old self was moving from out of moving to the US moving to the US without my parents. Before moving to the US, I lived with my parents in El Salvador for about 10 years. The same years I lived without my older siblings. Let me tell you, it was a 360 degree turn. At that time I knew very very little English and let me emphasize on that. Very little English. Here's an example. It was snack snack time. The flight attendant came through my row and asked if I wanted something to drink. Well, I responded, juice orange, please. <laughs> and yes, she corrected me and said, orange juice? <laughs> Go ahead, laugh. I laugh about that too now. But that moment, I knew everything was going to change for me. The culture, the language, the school system, etc., And you may wonder who I was moving in with. Well, my sister Jackie, who basically was a stranger to me, and Marvin, my old my brother-in-law. They opened the doors of their home to support this journey that I was about to embark on. Since I was without my parents, my mentality had to change. I had to be more independent in all areas. Yes, my sister was there, but she also had her own responsibilities. I mean, she was married. Based on all the changes I've felt like I had to mature in a quick way. Moving from one country to another has taught me a lot, you guys. I have fallen many times, which has made me a strong person. I learned to be content with how things were rolling. I started to value my parents more, missing my mom's food and my dad's ride to school. Being away from them has been tough, and it still is. My relationship with my sister started to develop and grow. And I and we became really close. I started to view my relationship with God more seriously and intentionally. And yes, there were some moments where my faith was stumbling, even wonder if God was there. But God kept revealing His faithfulness and love. Now I understand that God allowed changes in my life just for me to become a better person. Graduating graduating from high school and starting college has helped me to trust God more to value opportunities that come my way. The purpose of moving to the US was to seek a better education and career. If I didn't move, I probably would have never made a relationship with my sister, wouldn't have the opportunities to attend Bethel, wouldn't even have the friendships I have now, and wouldn't even be able to write this story. Wow, thank you, Carla, for sharing that. That that was an incredible story. Wow. Yeah, I can't even imagine. So my big question is, if you were to go back, would you do it all again and choose to move to the United States? Yes, yes. Um, I think I've grown so much from, and I say in the story, and I think I've grown so much from all of this and like just thinking while I was... Um, writing the stories like I wouldn't even ever had a relationship with my sister like that's crazy yeah. like we were living separate for like 10 years she was a stranger moving in here and it's like wow like I couldn't that's just crazy to me like I would have do it again over and over for yeah. sure yeah and that's I really awesome. I really felt a connection to that point in the story where you were talking about that you felt like you were almost in a movie or something like a dramatic scene I think we've all kind of been in that place in life where we're looking around and we're like, all right, where's the cameras? Like, someone someone, someone jump out of the woods right. here because this isn't right. This isn't supposed to happen to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, wow. So much, so much 
incredible adulting honestly <laughs> yeah like you were thrown into that situation to have to adult so quickly and like yeah that's impressive yeah and i was just 15 years old like literally everything shift shift a lot yeah here's mckenna and her story called the confused life of a psel student confession I have no idea what I'm doing. How I got to the ripe age of 17 and have never dusted a shelf in my life is beyond me. It's on my list of things to do before I close up at my job, but I always cross it off without doing it for the fear of doing it wrong. The idea of dusting my own dorm shelves next year terrifies me. If that doesn't say I don't know what I'm doing, then I don't know what does. When I want to straighten my hair, I ask my mom to come upstairs and help me because I'm scared I'm going to miss a chunk and walk around all day with a piece of hair that looks like the giant slide from the state fair. My mom says she's not going to drive to Bethel next year to help me with my hair, as if I think she might. I know she won't, but until then, her helping me makes me look like I know what I'm doing. I gossip about The Bachelor with everyone I know without ever watching an episode completely to the end. I scavenge off the Instagram posts of hardcore fans who are angry about the outcome of that week's episode until I find enough information to carry a valid debate point with people who did watch the episodes. I don't actually know what I'm talking about. I consider it a hobby. Although my mom always taught me never to talk to strangers, I got in an in-depth conversation with a random man at Mall of America who knits suits of armor. He told me he knits better than the majority of the grandmas in the Twin Cities Knitting Club. I didn't find it the least bit concerning until I turned around and saw the look on my friends' faces. I found the conversation enjoyable. My friends thought I was about to get kidnapped. I thought I was being friendly. Maybe that was one of the strangers I wasn't supposed to talk to. My mom taught me to be a cat person, but I tell people I like both for the fear of the hate mail I would receive if I was honest. I don't know how to correctly greet a dog or pet one, and I'm sorry, but you telling me you have a golden pit bull doodle shepherd means nothing to me. I told my potential next year roommate that my plan was to adopt the Bethel cat, and she told me to find a new roommate. So if anyone would like to dorm with me and the Bethel cat next year, feel free to message me on Slack. Another thing group messages. I swear I have four different messaging apps, but only get notifications from my mom asking me when I'm coming home, even though she has a f- has full access to my calendar on her phone. My section editor for the school newspaper is always talking about having in-depth conversations with Slackbot. Slackbot only ever tells me he doesn't understand me. I don't understand me either, Slackbot. That's why I'm asking you. Maybe Slackbot has some information on The Bachelor. I thought I lived in a small town, but then found out that some small towns consist of nothing but a four-way stop in a case with a druggy cashier named Kyle. Kyle is the kind of stranger my mom told me not to talk to, but he's got some really great one-liners, so I still talk to him when I run in to pay for gas because I can't find my debit card. I don't know why moms never wear mom jeans, but every college student does. I also don't know why some jeans are called boyfriend jeans when half the girls that wear them are single. (laughs) I do know that my lack of knowledge isn't my fault, though, because my brother has it, too. As I am writing this, he came in my room to tell me that he has the most muscular butt of anyone he has ever seen, because in the words of this 13-year-old, he has nice, juicy indents. I told him they're called butt dimples and closed my door. He asked if it was a medical condition. I closed the door on him without answering. I may not know a lot of things, but I do know that butt dimples are not a medical condition. I'm not confident I'm ready to live on my own, but hey, at least I'm more prepared than my brother. One, two, three, four. Wow. 
Wow, thanks for sharing that, McKenna. So funny, but also so relatable. So you talk about your mom a lot in this story. What kind of mom would you say she is? Like a hover mom or a cool mom? Or <laughs> yeah, um, I think this this quote probably fits her the best. That um, a lot of my friends when they come over, they're like, "Wow, I wish I, I wish I had a mom like yours." <laughs> um, not to brag or anything, but she's been my best friend for as long as I can remember, and I tell her just about everything. So next year is going to be really interesting. Um, not having her around because it definitely uh, she's definitely my best friend. Mm, love wow. that. Yeah. <laughs> Are you like? Do you think your mom is prepared to kind of let you go? She's more year? prepared than I am. Okay. <laughs> okay <laughs> she's yeah. like, I'm done doing your laundry. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with it all. Like, I love you and all, but like. I'm done. <laughs> okay, My thanks, mom thought mom. that, but then now she yeah. wants me back. Like, yeah. she, she misses me a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. it's like they're done with what they have to help us, but, like, at the end, emotionally, like, they want us oh, still. They don't sure. realize what yeah. they've got until they don't have it anymore. Right. So what have we learned today? Well, first of all, I think we can all agree that adulting is hard. We all have different questions that we wrestle with when it comes to growing up and taking on new responsibilities, and that's okay. We gotta admit and come to peace with the fact that we don't have all the answers to both big and small questions. Man, adulting is a real struggle. I mean, it's just getting better, right? I mean, I don't know. My mom still doesn't know what she's doing. So if, if, we're, hey, taking, if we're taking that, there that you go. perspective, I don't know. <laughs> Does anyone really know what they're doing anymore? I think, that's, I think that's just the question we need to ask here. Amen. Yeah. So we want to thank some people for helping us out on this Modern Story podcast at Bethel University in St. Paul, Minnesota. Thanks to Nick Swiltman and Alyssa Tai for building the podcast studio and giving us access to it. Thanks to Sam Mulberry, Emma Harville, Abby Pouts, and the two Emmas for showing us how to do a live podcast. Thanks to the writers who inspired our stories. And we should thank each other for our edits. Look for the next episode of Modern Story Podcast. And lastly, go tell your mother about Modern Story. Go tell your favorite barista about Modern Story. Shout out to you, Alex. <laughs> go tell your hairdresser, your coach, or your teammates about Modern Story. Or your cat. Or the Bethel Cat. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you.